knees flexed but not too flexed head down chin up back slowly oh, God. I will never learn to play golf like a pro <laughs> does that sound familiar you know I found this clip on YouTube and it fits so well with what we're going to talk about today because often we're chasing a swing we're chasing this perfect swing and we have so many thoughts so many things that we need to change you know it's that you change your wrist angle don't let your head move the list goes on and maybe you've gotten it you're on the range at the end of the lesson you're piping it you have that little draw going on with your seven iron just every ball is perfect just nailed out there on the range but you have that lesson you, you make that change only to have lost it next time you go back to the range or on the course so what's going on here Performance is often enhanced immediately when I focus externally as opposed to internally. But also the learning process is facilitated when learners adopt an external focus. So learning is sped up. You reach a higher level, um, a higher skill level sooner than you would with an internal focus. External focus. What does it mean how should we be changing our thought process? And who's our guest for today? My name is Gabrielle Wolf. I'm a professor of kinesiology at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, and I study motor learning. Welcome to the Golf Science Lab, a place for you to learn what's truly going on in the world of golf research. Welcome back to our eighth episode of this season on motor learning. We're bringing back Dr. Wolf, who you also heard from on the seventh episode, talking about motivational factors in learning. Uh, that was an awesome episode. But today we're shifting and we're talking all about focus. But before we dive into that, if you haven't heard, we are hosting the first ever virtual summit on motor learning and golf, bringing together really the experts in the field to dive deep into topics like simulating pressure and practice, the four components of effective, deliberate practice, how to properly use guidance and feedback. This is an eye-opening session with Dr. Tim Lee, uh, and so many more. We have a bunch of presenters, a bunch of great topics, all of this really applicable if you are a competitive golfer, if you're an amateur golfer, if you're coach, if you're a teacher, this information applies to everyone. So check it out, motorlearninglab.com. You can get an excerpt of a presentation there so you can see what this is going to be like. All right, let's get into it. Before we get into some stories and case studies today, we need to understand some facts about focus. A couple of years ago, I reviewed about 80 studies and I didn't come across a single study in which an internal focus was helpful, rather an external focus was much more effective. So number one, this is pretty well studied and documented. And number two, let's define this whole internal versus external focus thing so we can all have the same definition. An internal focus is what most people tend to use spontaneously and what most instructors, including golf coaches, promote by giving instructions that refer to body movements, a coordination of body movements. An external focus, on the other hand, is, like I said, an, a focus on the intended movement effect on, say, an implement. So, for instance, if I throw a ball, it could be the spin 
I want to put on the ball, or I could focus on my target in balance tasks. It could be uh, the object I'm trying to control, such as a, a bicycle or motorcycle or skis or my intended path. Um, in golf, there are a variety of things I could focus on externally, such as the club, the club face, the target or hole, even the belt buckle or shirt buttons, um, and so forth. Here's one of the studies to bring a little clarity to this. In our first, one of our first studies that was published in 2007, we simply asked novices, people who had never really hit a golf ball before, um, to hit golf balls at a target, and we gave them detailed and we gave them instructions initially in terms of how to hold the club and uh, related to the stance. And then we asked one group of these people to focus on the swing of their arms, the internal focus group. And we asked another group of people, the external focus group, to focus on the swing of the club. And clearly, the external focus group did much better. The advantages were almost immediately. And also when they came back the next day and they weren't given reminders about what to focus on, they did considerably better than people who had been asked to focus on their arms. That's an awesome example. And you notice this was with novice golfers. So what about the experts? Does it matter the same if you are an expert level golfer? We did a very similar study with experts. We uh, were able to recruit. We were able to recruit golfers from the UNLV golf team, and they had an average handicap of zero. And we asked them also to hit uh, balls at a target at a bullseye, and we gave them very similar instructions focus on the swing of the arms, focus on the swing of the club, or we just let them do what they normally do in a condition. And I was really surprised to see that even these expert golfers did better when they were asked to focus externally on the club motion compared to both their arms and the control condition. You gave back the same instructions as the as a novice group. Exactly. It wasn't a learning study with a retention test. We asked, you know, everyone to focus on arms versus club versus whatever they do usually uh, for 20 shots each. So some pretty powerful stuff here, especially if you're an instructor and a coach, this really applies. I think it is really critical that golf instructors try to evolve references to body movements. Not just golf instructors, but anybody who teaches motor skills. Any references to body parts have been shown to be detrimental to performance and learning. It's as simple as that. And a lot of us are probably very used to this internal focus way to learn and to teach. So practically this shift could be a little complicated, but no worries. Dr. Wolf is here. She has a great example of this for us. How do you teach somebody a good, you know, proper technique referring to body movements? What uh, we did in the study is, well, ask one group to transfer their weight to the left foot 
as they were hitting the ball. So these were right-handed golfers. So that was the internal focus instruction. Transfer your weight to your left foot as you hit the ball. In contrast, in the external focus group, participants were asked to push against the left side of the ground as they hit the ball. So again, a minor difference, but it made a big difference. In the external focus condition, when people focused on the ground, they not only showed um, a better movement form, but the further um, and the angular velocities of the pelvis, shoulder, and wrist, and so forth, were also increased just by directing attention to the ground as opposed to the foot. And if you're looking for a little explanation on why, why does this external focus thing work? Here you go. When you focus on body movements, you consciously try to control your movements. Um, and the result is that you constrain your motor system, meaning there will be unnecessary co-contractions between agonists and antagonists, and even superfluous contractions in other muscles as well. So that disrupts the fluidity of the movements and people use more energy than necessary and the accuracy of their movements is degraded uh, and so forth. Now, when you use an external focus, you use more automatic control processes, which are unconscious, much faster, and as a result, movements are more efficient, more fluid, smoother, and more accurate. So performance and learning is facilitated and, and sped up. Hopefully by now you're sold on this external focus concept and you're ready to try it out next time you're at the course. But one question you might have is how far away should my external focus be? We, we talk about the so-called distance effect, meaning a focus farther away from the body at a greater distance is typically more effective than a focus that is close to the body, a proximal movement effect. So in golf, a more proximal focus would be, say, the club face. Uh, a more distal focus would be, um, say, the flight of the ball or the hole. And usually what we find is that um, performance is further enhanced by a more distal focus. So that makes sense. And what's right for you is totally dependent on where you're at. The optimal distance of the focus seems to depend on the skill level. So for a highly skilled golfer, a more distal focus would likely be optimal. So a focus on the target, the trajectory of the ball. But for a novice golfer, a focus on, say, the club or the club face uh, is probably going to be more effective because they still have to learn the technique. And let's get another case study in here to understand a bit more how this might play out when you head off to the golf course to try this out. There's another interesting study that was done in the UK by Bell and Hardy in which they examined the distance effect in golf. They also had ex expert golfers uh, who had an average handicap of five, and they directed their attention to the wrist in the internal focus condition, the club face, that was the proximal external focus, or to the flight of the ball, a distal external focus. 
And they found that the distal focus was best, uh, followed by the proximal focus on the club face and the wrist motion. And the same result was also found when they put pressure on people by telling the performers that their scores would be published and uh, they could win a prize and, and so forth. And although we're talking about learning and practicing through this, it definitely applies to performance as well. So taking this out to the golf course while you're playing can help you perform better. Performance is often enhanced immediately when I focus externally as opposed to internally. Thank you so much, Dr. Gabrielle Wolf, for sharing with us today. Make sure to check out the upcoming Motor Learning Virtual Summit at MotorLearningLab.com. You're not going to want to miss that. This episode was hosted and written by me, Cordy Walker. You can follow me on Twitter at Cordy Walker. Make sure to find us on iTunes or Stitcher and subscribe to the podcast. This was edited, mixed, and produced by Just Hit Published Productions. And we will see you all next time on the Golf Science Lab.